for hard to give Cause the other part got broken when I was a kid And I wish I could put my heart on the shelf But it's hard to give it to someone When I don't love myself I'm Jewish Jasmine T and this is Help Me Name This Podcast and we're going to continue, unfortunately, reading the manifesto of Elliot Roger. Yay, I get to uh, hate this man even more. Honestly, at this point, I think my hatred for him has leveled off because I don't feel like it can get higher. Uh, But you know what? Men surprise me all the time. So let's see. Not good surprises, but you know. There's still surprises. Um, We left off uh, on him leaving Moore Park College. So just a quick recap. He is about to move to Santa Barbara to go to a different school. His parents are paying for everything. Um, He's never had a job in his life other than three weeks working on his friend's house. And now his parents are paying for him to live in Santa Barbara. Uh, he's gonna have to have roommates, so I don't, I feel like that might not go well, um, since he is actual human garbage, so no one wants to be his friend. Uh, and that's fine, honestly, you know, look out for yourself first, don't be friends with garbage, cause that makes you smell too. It's a great analogy, I should write that down. Um, anyways, let's begin. So... I had nothing going for me in my life except for the prospect of starting a new life in Santa Barbara. That was the only hope, and it seemed very bleak. From the way things went at Moore Park, I feared the worst for how things might turn out in Santa Barbara, but I had to give it a try. I was desperate to have the life I know I deserve. (laughs) Oh, no. A life of being wanted by attractive girls. A life of sex and love. Oh, Oh, Mr. Rogers, sweet boy. Sweet, stupid, pathetic boy. Other men are able to have such a life, so why not me? Oh, because you treat women like possessions. That's probably it. I deserve it. I am magnificent. No matter how much the world treated me otherwise, I'm destined for great things. Yikes. Can you say narcissist with me? Absolutely a narcissist. Um... At the end of spring, I had to commence with my summoning to jury service. Oh, that's not good for that jury. Um, I received the summons in the mail a few months prior, but I postponed it until May because I was too anguished to deal with such trivial matters at the time. Really? Someone's life is in your hands. Doesn't? It's not really trivial. The courthouse was all the way in Santa Monica. Sorry, that was a tick. Um, As I sat in the waiting room before my interview with the judge, I saw a very pretty girl who looked at about the same age as I was. She had the face that melted my heart. Ew. What I would give to hold her in my arms and kiss that pretty face of hers. I wanted to talk to her, but I just couldn't. I felt too insecure. I was afraid she would think of me as a creep. You are a creep, as all girls do, because you are. To my fury, another guy came in and struck up a conversation with her. They started talking comfortably, and he even made her laugh. I had to watch it all, and it broke my heart. Okay, I know that I interject a lot in the beginning, but it just, it drives me insane. Wait, what's happening to my microphone? Do I sound weird? I feel like I sound weird. One second. 
Okay, I don't know what that was, and I can't really tell if my voice sounds different, so I'm just going to keep going. Um, I think what I was saying was he complains about not talking to any girls, and he acts like it's nobody's fault, but, like, he acts like it's everybody's fault but his. If he wanted to talk to a girl, he could just walk up to a girl and talk to her. He gets so mad about no girls dating him, but he's never asked a girl on a fucking date. If you want to date someone or talk to someone, uh, you need to fucking talk to them or date them. Like, things don't just appear out of thin fucking air. It's so aggravating. Okay. Anyways, I'll continue. I'm sorry. I wanted to get out of there as soon as I could. I hoped that I could make an excuse to avoid having to do jury service. When I was called for the interview, I requested to be excused due to the fact that I was moving to Santa Barbara soon. To my relief, the judge told me I could go and wished me good luck. No, bad luck. As I drove out of the courthouse parking lot, I saw the same pretty girl. She must have been excused as well. Again, I wished I could have said something to her. Uh, you could have. You're not mute. She would have made the perfect girlfriend for me. You don't fucking know her. You don't know that. But she was probably already attracted to that other guy who sweet-talked her in the waiting room. Uh, no. Two people just... They probably talked about the fucking weather. They were strangers. Oh, my God. Damn him. I felt so sad on the drive home good when i passed the palisades i stopped at the park that i used to play at with james uh when the two of us were little i rocked, walked around for a bit and took a ride on the swing reminiscing about happier times it's weird he looks back at these times and he's like happier times but if you go back in the manifesto um the only thing he's doing during that part in the manifesto is fucking complaining as much as he is now like th they're not happier times because I just read about them. Uh, you didn't seem very fucking happy. Okay. At the end of May, my mother gave me an unpleasant surprise by telling me that I had to move to Santa Barbara. Oh, wait. I think it just, I just fixed the mic. This is so professional. I am a professional at this. Okay. The mic is fixed. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, I wasn't prepared to move so soon. Okay on by, by telling me that i had to move to santa barbara on june 4th which was just in a few days i wasn't prepared to move so soon i thought i would go towards the end of june right before i start my summer class i wanted more time emotionally and met oh i'm gonna sneeze wait no i'm not wait yes, no i'm not i wanted more time to emotionally and mentally prepare for such a huge undertaking and it was a huge undertaking for the first time in my life i was moving out of my parents house and on top of that i had to move into an apartment with other college students i had no idea what to expect and of course i was very nervous um just a word of advice or whatever i guess if you're looking to make new friends or you know spread your wings or whatever the fuck not um moving to a new place and getting random roommates that's a way to do that um you know if you if it's like a college apartment it says and you know everyone's going to be your age you have four roommates chances are you'll get along with one of them um and then you'll meet their friends through that and you'll get along with some of those friends probably you know it trickles oh i hate saying trickle down because of fucking ronald reagan it happens uh you can make friends from your one friend you make in your new apartment so i get that he's nervous but it, what his parents are doing forcing him out of the his mom's place is a good idea um okay 
My mother and I found two apartment complexes in Isla Vista that I could potentially move into. I went with my mother and father on a day trip to Santa Barbara to take a look at them. We first had lunch at a restaurant on Cliff Drive, and while there, I admired how beautiful Santa Barbara truly was. I found it to be like a mixture of Malibu and Santa Monica, depending on what part I was in. I was astonished when we toured Isla Vista. It was a whole town of college students living together right next to UCSB and right next to the beach. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. When I read about it online, I thought it was too good to be true, but there it was. It was exactly as I expected it to be. There were, there were hot, hot blonde girls walking around everywhere, and everywhere is in italics. Sick. They're definitely there for you, so fucking ogle at them. Um, I always theorized that one of the main hindrances to me living the life I desire was the situation of me living at my mother's apartment. Uh, yeah, that's not it, my guy. Um, I thought to myself as we explored more of the college town <laughs> that if I lived there, then there was no way I would have had trouble with a social life and losing my virginity. Dude, oh my god, he's he's so stupid. It was the perfect environment to do so. If I can't get laid there, then there's no hope for me at all. Yeah, that's it's not geography. <laughs> The first apartment building we looked at was pleasant, but only had shared rooms, and I wanted my own room. <laughs> of course you do. The second apartment building was called Capri Apartments, and they had a setup uh, of many two-bedroom apartments shared between three college students, in which one ac- occupies a single room and the other two occupy the shared room. The single rooms cost more, of course, but it wasn't much. My parents and I sat down in a cafe to talk about it. We agreed that Capri Apartments was the best choice. My mother went back to the office and arranged a lease deal. Capri was very popular as an apartment complex, Um, so it was hard to to get a spot there so late in the year. They didn't have any autumn semester apartments ready until July, so it was arranged that I would stay in a temporary apartment unit for the first month and then move to the permanent one in July once it was ready. The lease was signed and the deal was set. I was going to move to Santa Barbara on June 4th. My mother was very adamant that I move on the particular date. She said it was because she wanted me to go there and settle before college started, but I knew the real reason. Um, She always wanted me out of her house because she hated having to deal with me. Yeah, (laughs) took him 19 years to figure that out. The Santa Barbara plan would free her of me, and she wanted that so badly she was willing to pay $900 a month for my apartment room rent. Basically, she was paying money to get rid of me. I realized that once I moved out, there was no going back. It will set a precedent, and the threshold will be crossed. My mother will never welcome me back to live with her permanently ever again. Okay, one, that's not how that works. Pretty sure she won't let you be a crackhead on the street um, if you come to her for help. I'm 100% sure she'd help you instead of let you die. Like, it's a bit dramatic, my guy. Um, Second of all, sorry, ticks. Um, Second of all, she probably isn't pushing out because she hates him. I think she's pushing him out because she's genuinely worried for the future of her son. He's showing signs of narcissistic personality disorder, 
loneliness, reclusiveness. I mean, they're all bad markers for a lot of things. There's a difference between being an introvert and being a reclusive narcissist. And he's starting to show some pretty bad signs. Also, this is written from his point of view only. Maybe James went and talked to his mother. Honestly, like if I was James, I would be like, hey, Mrs. Miss Rogers, whatever. Um, Your son is going fucking crazy and he won't stop talking about his dick. It's driving me absolutely insane. You got to do something about him. Like if I was James, I would have done that. So maybe that happened. Who knows? I'll go on. In the remaining days I had at my mother's apartment, I spent a lot of time meditating about how I would deal with this huge change. I had to prepare myself for as much as possible, so I did a lot of introspecting and evaluated myself in great detail. <sighs> not enough. Not enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> this move to Santa Barbara was the only chance I had at attaining the life I desired. That literally isn't true. I had to do my best to make this work, pro- proclaiming to myself, at this time I would not fail. I exercised in the gym for many hours to boost my confidence as much as possible, and I went to the mall to shop for clothes. Last Christmas, I got a few gift cards from Macy's, and I spent them all on a few shirts I thought would look, I thought I would look good in, as well as new shoes. After doing everything I could to be physically boost my confidence, I was ready. I feel like you need more than a few shirts to stop being a fucking misogynist but that's just my opinion um i don't know i could be wrong i'm usually not but maybe i am um and so ends another era of my extraordinarily and tra- extraordinary and tragic life oh oh elliot's sad guys he's sad give him a hug i can't take him seriously anymore um okay i call it the end of an era hope and hopelessness when i drifted and languished in lonely despair while i lived at my mother's apartment and attended two colleges at various intervals something happened to me to give me a new hope for life only to have it shattered later on it's because he gives his hope for life literally one week like when there's not eight girls licking his dick at the same time a week after he gets a new pair of fucking shoes he's like oh it failed again my hopes are crushed i'm just gonna play world of warcraft now Like, my guy, you got to fucking put a little more into it than that. Like, changing your entire social life isn't just, you can't just buy a new pair of goddamn shoes and be like, why aren't you on my dick? Like, that's not how it works. Okay, (laughs) I can't do, I can't with him. Um, My life had been moving in the same pattern for a long time now, and I was sick and tired of it. All while I was suffering this lonely existence, other boys my age lived their happy lives of pleasure and sex. I'm tired of him saying pleasure. Um, I had to make up for all the years I lost in loneliness and isolation through no fault of my own. It was society's fault for rejecting me. It was women's fault for refusing to have sex with me. Guys, I'm not kidding. That's the actual sentence I just read. Like, I'm not changing a single word there. He literally just said, I had to make up for all the years I lost of loneliness and isolation through no fault of my own. It was society's fault for rejecting me. It was women's fault for refusing to have sex with me. I think that sums up the entire fucking manifesto. That right there. How can you possibly think that? Like, I can't even get into the headspace of that being an actual thought, like, in a person's head god okay the move to santa barbara is the end game 
ooh, he's an Avenger. The ultimate climax of everything. I saw it as a new chance that was given to me to finally have things I want in life. Love, sex, friends, fun, acceptance, a sense of belonging. But I could never forgive the world for denying me such things in the past. I was already turning 20 soon. I had already lost many years of my life. You've literally lost nothing. I deserve better than that. No, you don't. I'm an intelligent gentleman. (laughs) And I deserve the love of girls more than the other obnoxious boys my age. They're not boys, they're men. And yet they get girls and I don't. Because they talk to them. You can't complain about something you literally haven't tried to have. (sighs) That is a crime that I can never be forgiven. Nor can it... Wait, what? Oh, that is a crime that can never be forgotten, nor can it be forgiving. I always wanted to exact my revenge on humanity for forcing me to live such a life, but I've always had... I've... But I... Oh, God. Fuck. Such a life. But I've also always had the hope that I can do things in my life to make up for all the suffering. This rich boy is really getting on my nerves. Um, Then that in itself would form a peaceful revenge. I think we all know that there's literally nothing that will make him satisfied. We can tell by him, just him as a person, no matter what happens in his life, it won't be enough. So him getting nothing on one hand is kind of satisfying. Like not nothing, like in some ways, like he was born into a wealthy family with you know, a mom and a dad who initially both very much cared for him and loved him and gave him everything he wanted. He had lots of things, I mean, pretty much everything going his way. So, but him not getting, you know, it's kind of satisfying when he's depressed because he's such human garbage. But I also know what that depression ends in, which makes it less satisfying. Anyways, um... In truth, the move to Santa Barbara was actually a chance that I was giving to the world, not the other way around. (laughs) I was giving the world one last chance to give me the life that I know I'm entitled to, the life that other boys are able to live with ease. I still have to suffer the same rejection and injustice even after I move to Santa Barbara, then that will be the last straw. I will have my vengeance. Um, Him saying that the world will give him this life that he's entitled to and that other boys live it with ease. One, um, the world doesn't give you anything. You're born alone and you die alone. Sorry, but like the world won't give you shit. The world does not care about any of us. And at times that can be comforting. Like, oh, my fucking shit that I just dropped all over my floor and now there's glass on my floor. Well, at least I'm a tidy dot in existence and this doesn't really matter in the grim scheme of things so it's okay but I mean that's how I look at it so it's not depressing but like he's not entitled to anything just how like we're not entitled to anything like nobody's like you have to make things happen in your life you can't just be given the things that you want in life it's just not how it works if you want your life to change in some way you have to make that change Two, um, saying that the other boys are able to do it with ease, he literally has no idea if that's true. Lots of the guys, 
that he's seen walking with these girls that he thinks live life with ease because they have a girlfriend, lots of them suffer in literally endless ways. They're just people. Like some of those boys were abused. Some of them had mental illnesses. Some of them, like literally all the things that can happen to people, those boys go through all those things. Like they don't live life with ease. Like if anything, you fucking do. Goddamn this fucking guy. Okay. Part six, Santa Barbara Endgame. Now this says age 19 to 22 and spoiler alert, he lives to 22. So I'm guessing he gives it about two and a half years um, till he decides to literally be the worst person ever. So let's see. On Saturday, June 4th, 2011, I packed up all my most important belongings into my car, said farewell to my mother, and drove off to face destiny in the beautiful oceanside town of Santa Barbara. It was raining as I arrived in the vicinity, and I felt a sense of ominous foreboding as I entered Isla Vista, my new home. My father met me outside my apartment. He came to help me move in. The two of us walked up to the leasing office where they gave me a new set of keys, and one of the receptionists walked to me, walked me to the apartment that I'll be staying in for a month. I was introduced to two new housemates who would only be there for one week. One of them was named Artem, a quiet Russian student from UCSB, and the other whose name I don't remember was a tall blonde surfer type who went to SBCC. I was annoyed at how tall and attractive he was, though I didn't show it. Like, hello, what? Someone else being attractive doesn't make you less attractive. Never forget that. Like, Kendall Jenner existing doesn't make me ugly. Like, that's just not how it works. Um, after I unpacked all my belongings, Father and I went for a quick lunch before I said goodbye to him. And that was it. For the first time in my life, I was living independently. Well, it's, it's not really independently if your parents are literally paying for every cent of it, but okay. Um, miles away from my parents in a new town. I felt a sudden sense of anxiety, fear, and trepidation, but I also felt a sense of hope. Oh no, I yawned! No! The yawns will not start. I prepped with coffee. Um, I felt a sudden sense of anxiety, trepidation, uh, also felt hope, uh, that the possibility for change might happen. I exchanged small talk with my new housemates, and they seemed nice enough. It was hard to believe that I was actually living in an apartment with two other college students who I didn't know until that day, especially for someone like me who has had very minimal social interaction with other young people. It felt so odd and peculiar. I was uncertain of what to expect, and the anxiety I felt from that uncertainty was overwhelming. But I knew I had to push through this. I knew that this was a major, turner pro major, <laughs> major turning point of my life. My life was finally changing, and I had to do the best to make that change positive one. So when he says make that change a positive one, he's not talking about him making it positive. He doesn't think that he has to do anything. He thinks the world should be giving him things because it's his destiny. He thinks he's... <laughs> I mean, incels call him... Uh, what was it? The something gentleman superior the supreme they call him the supreme gen gentleman now or saint elliot um because he like represents the entire incel community now that he's fucking dead so he thinks he's the supreme gentleman 
Like, he doesn't think he has to do things to get things. Things should be given to him. He's the supreme gentleman. Anyways, let's keep going. Um, the very first night was traumatic. Okay, no. Don't. No. And gave me a very bad taste about everything. Through my window, I heard of a lot of students partying outside, and I wondered with a great amount of fear how I would ever be able to join them in front. Literally go out there. Just go out there. Like, 19-year-olds partying on the sidewalk. Love it when more 19-year-olds walk up and want to party on the sidewalk. Like, just go over there. I heard a boy and girl having sex in the apartment above me. (sighs) Great. That's going to do good things for him. Just knowing that other young men get to enjoy pleasures of sex while I get none of it has always filled me with envious rage as well as bitter hatred towards the world. But to actually hear them doing it, it was even more traumatizing. Sick. I was prepared for this, however. I'd done a lot of research about college life in the town of Isla Vista, and I knew that the students had a lot of sex there. How could you research that? Hello? I had an inkling of a suspicion that I would eventually hear or see people doing such things if I lived in that environment. Hell, the reason I moved there was because of the sexually active environment. Those two people that he hears having sex, like, went up to each other and started a conversation. And, like, one of them asked the other out, probably. Like, they didn't just wake up and, like, oh, I'm having sex right now. The world just put me here. Like, that's not how it fucking works. Okay. Okay. I can, I can do this. I can keep going. <laughs> Sorry. I tried to calm myself down and convince myself that I will soon be doing the exact same thing. How wrong was I? (laughs) Good. My first week turned out to be very unpleasant, leaving a horrific first impression of my new life in Santa Barbara. My two housemates were very nice, but they kept inviting over this friend of theirs named Chance. He was a black boy who came over all the time, and I hated his cocksure attitude. What? Um, inevitably, a vile incident occurred between me and him. I was eating, he was in this apartment for a week, how? I was eating a meal in the kitchen when he came over and started bragging to my housemates about his success with girls. I couldn't stand it, so I proceeded to ask them all if they were virgins. They all looked at me weirdly and said they had lost their virginity a long time ago. I felt so inferior, as it reminded me of how much I have missed out on life. And then the black boy named Chance said that he lost his virginity when he was only 13. In addition, he said that the girl he lost his virginity to was a blonde white girl. I was so enraged that I almost splashed him with my orange juice. (laughs) What? I indignantly told him that I did not believe him and that I went to my room to cry. I cried and cried and cried, and then I called my mom and cried to her on the phone. No. Oh, my God. This is literally a almost 20-year-old man throwing an actual temper tantrum over nothing happening. Nothing happened to him. Nothing happened to him. Like... I can't keep... Nothing happened to him. He had a conversation he didn't like. And he cried and cried and cried, in his words, and then called his mother on the phone to keep crying. Guys, again, I have to say this every episode. B 
being a virgin at 19 is literally so normal. Like, that's completely normal. I'm pretty sure that's the average age when you take all statistics into account. Like, it's so normal. It's, like, I don't understand, whatever. He could Google that. I guess it's 2011. Was there Google? I sound like a huge Gen Z. I don't know if there was Google in 2011, but he there were search engines. I do know that. He could search engine that and find out, I bet, that you can, whatever. I'm going to keep reading. How could an inferior, oh, I don't want to say that sentence. How could an inferior, something racist I don't want to say, be able to get a white girl and not me? I am beautiful and I am half white myself. I am a descendant of the British aristocrats. He is a descendant from slaves. I deserve it more. Oh my god. Holy fuck. I tried not to believe his foul words, but they were already said, and it was hard to erase from my mind. If this was actually true, if this ugly, not saying that, was able to have sex with a blonde white girl at the age of 13 while I had to suffer virginity all my life, then this just proves how ridiculous the female gender is. They would give themselves to this filthy scum, but reject me, in all capitals, the injustice. Okay, I think we need to talk about his problems with race, obviously. Um, None of the words I skipped there were the N-word, by the way. Um, They were just ways to describe black people that I'm uncomfortable with um, and I'm uncomfortable saying like to myself in a room with no one there let alone on the air I'm not gonna do that Um, I'm not gonna do that about any race or that's not gonna happen so anyways uh, the way he talks about women he only looks at white blonde women he has not in this entire manifesto and we're on page 100 and something mentioned a woman who is not white that he's attracted to so i there's literally no redeeming qualities in this man um he's making me believe in the death penalty which is pretty hard to do and then i think about how you know i don't believe in the death penalty and that i just need to think for five minutes and remember that that's not a great opinion to have so we can go over why the death penalty is ridiculous and doesn't actually work any some other time um okay (sighs) females truly have something mentally wrong with them (laughs) their minds are flawed and at this point in my life i was beginning to see it (sighs) oh my god sorry The more I explored my college town of Isla Vista, the more ridiculousness I witnessed. All the hot, beautiful girls walked around with the obnoxious, tough, jock-type men who partied all the time and acted crazy. They should be going for intelligent gentlemen, such as myself. Women are sexually attracted to the wrong type of man. This is a major flaw in the very foundation of humanity. It is completely and utterly wrong. In every sense of the word. 
as these truths fully dawned on me, I began, I became deeply disturbed by them, deeply disturbed, often offended and traumatized. Um, what I will say here is that if you go outside of Isla Vista and you're walking around seeing couples, yeah, you're probably going to see the couples of like jocks and shit who like to go outside and use the outdoor gym at Isla Vista and all that stuff. Like the couples who sit inside and purposefully choose intelligent people to date and are like more attracted to intelligence than they are to any physical appearance um, and just don't really enjoy, you know, outdoor activities and partying and whatnot, those couples are inside. So he can't fucking see them. Yeah, if you walk to an outdoor gym, you're going to see jocks. Like, if you walk into the fucking Google headquarters, you're going to see people who are good with tech. Oh my god, it's crazy. That's so crazy. I'm so... Whatever. He's traumatized, apparently, by locations having people in them that enjoy those locations. So, he's actually not an intelligent gentleman. Because he's not fucking intelligent. Okay. Those two housemates moved out within a week. I was glad to see them go after that horrible incident. Uh, you caused it, so. I was then presented with two new housemates who would be staying in the apartment for the rest of the month that I was there. Sorry. Oh, no. Ticks. Okay. Kind of ticky today. Um, their names were Daniel and Reed. Reed was a quiet Asian-American student who was studying biology at UCSB, and Daniel was a heavy-set Russian student who had a witty personality. Both of them were older than me by a couple years. Daniel was very social and talkative. He often tried to start conversations with me, which I actually liked. Yeah, you should try it. Social interaction was always welcome in my lonely life, and I found him to be very interesting as a person. It was nice to have someone reach out to me. Soon enough, my summer sessions at the Santa Barbara City College began. I had enrolled in two classes, a history class and a geography class. I don't know why he doesn't enroll in full semesters. He doesn't have a job. There's literally no reason for him not to. Um, the history class started at 8 in the morning when my alarm rang. I enthusiastically put on my new shirt. Wait, it says new shirts. He put on multiple shirts? Okay, that's the first thing he did wrong, as I got ready to start my first day at my new college. The weather was sunny and bright, and it made my drive down the 101 freeway. This was it. This was the moment of truth. My whole life has led to this. I was starting at a new college in a beautiful new town. This is a fresh start to attain the life I've been craving for so long. If I'm unable to make it in this opportunistic environment, then I'm doomed forever. Um, I think I said this last episode, but like in the college classes isn't where you generally make a bunch of new friends. Everyone's there just taking notes and shit. There's not much time to like build a friendship or find a girlfriend when you're, it's just everybody sitting at their laptop taking notes. Like the reason people make friends in college, at least from my experience, is from like running into the same people at bars more than once or, sorry, um... Or, like, being paired up with them in a dorm room. Like, he just has the wrong idea. So he's getting his hopes built up for something that just isn't true and won't happen. Um, okay. 
I felt a surge of confidence as I ascended the flight of stairs that led to the main campus. From my first class, which is history, I had to cross the iconic bridge um, of the West Campus. I tried to feel as confident and sure of myself as possible, thinking that all the girls I passed were attracted to my appearance. (sighs) They should be. I spent a lot of time choosing out that shirt and doing my hair. Okay. He... Okay. People you're walking by on the street don't generally notice you. Uh, They have their own shit going on. So, that's just not how that works. Um, Okay. When I reached the classroom, I saw some pretty girls walking outside. My new classmates, I thought, with excitement. I was a bit dismayed that they didn't pay attention to me because they don't fucking know you. They didn't even look at me. I was sure I had an attractive appearance that day, but those girls didn't seem to notice it. Perhaps I was deluding myself. Uh, No, you're just literally not the king of the world. If you want someone to notice you, you need to fucking talk to them. You can't just stand there and wait for people to be your best friend. It's just not how it works. As all the students started pouring in, a group of typical popular type boys sat near me. Their overly social and obnoxious personalities offended me and I felt like getting up and leaving. They somehow knew all the pretty girls in the class and it broke my heart to watch them chat up the girls. How could I compete with those popular kids? I hated them so much. I've wanted to be like them all my life ever since elementary school, but they never accepted me. Um, They've caused so much of my life to be a living hell for so long. No, okay. Other people succeeding at one thing doesn't affect your life. It can make you jealous, but they didn't make your life a living hell. You didn't do anything to not make your life the way, like, you can't just try for a week and be like, oh, didn't work, gonna die now. Like, it takes... I can't keep doing this. I'm just going to read. I can't do this. Okay. Um, okay. Right then, on that very first day of CB, uh, sorry, SBCC, I was going through the exact same I did at the other schools I've been to, the feeling of lonely, unwanted outcast. Uh, the class was horrible, but I didn't want to give up so soon. I couldn't. My whole life was depending on the success in Santa Barbara. No, it's not. I attended my geography class next. This class was much more interesting and much more relaxed. It didn't have any pretty girls in it. After lunch, I walked over to the cafeteria area and saw many pretty blonde girls, again with the fucking racism, sitting around. I wished I had the courage to go up to them and ask one on a date. That's not how that works. But they would have seen me as a creep. Girls are so cruel. Yeah, girls are cruel. For not wanting to date random people they don't know. That's so cruel. Honestly, I'm going to change my mindset. Next time some creepy dude on the bus is like, hey, shoddy, bring that over here. I'm going to be like, you know what, sir? Yeah, I'm going to just sit on, I'm going to sit on that dick right now in the middle of class. Sorry, in the middle of this bus. Come, come over here. Let me ride it on the bus. Like, no, like fucking just have a normal ass conversation with them dumbass i can't i can't with this man okay after i left the campus i drove around downtown santa barbara to explore my new area i went up and down the street the main common area of the city where everyone frequents countless restaurants and shops lined a magnificently designed street 
with wide walkways. It was absolutely beautiful, a true uh, paradise for those who are thriving there. I can only imagine how heavily, heavenly it would be to walk with a beautiful girlfriend down the street. <sighs> My life would be complete if I get to do that. No, you wouldn't be satisfied. It would be the epitome of gratifying perfection. What? To have a beautiful blonde girl, more racism, by my side, to feel her clasping my own, my own, my own what, as we walk everywhere together, to feel her love. Oh my god, this is gonna, I'm getting nauseous. That is what I want in life. Instead, I had to watch other men experience my idea of heaven while I rot in bitter loneliness. Okay, and there were a lot of young couples on the state street. The whole area was full of young people enjoying their pleasurable little lives. I saw groups of good-looking popular boys and girls gleefully walking together. Okay, interjection. Um, the idea of popular girls and boys, like, once you get out of the dorm room life, kind of doesn't exist. Like, I'm 21, and that does not exist in my life anymore. Like, I don't even, I can't even think of, a, like, who in my life would be the popular and not popular people? Like, I can't even, th what? Like, you're not in high school. That's not happening. You're just looking at random people and assuming that they're cool. Like, I don't, under anyways. Okay. One couple's walking down the street. Um, I saw groups of good-looking popular and girls walking gleefully together. It reminded me of that fateful night years ago when I walked through Calabasas Commons and saw the same thing. And there I was over two years later in the same exact position. Uh, it was very hard to deal with. I quickly drove back to my apartment and cried to myself, soaking my pillow with tears of my agony. If he just, like, like dating sites existed in 2011... I'm 100% sure that Plenty of Fish and Mash.com both existed. Like, literally make an account. It takes, like, 10 minutes. Uh, so far, Santa Barbara was not working. It's been, like, four days. I dreaded how horrible it would be to continue suffering my miserable, lonely, celibate life in such a beautiful city where everyone else experienced the pleasures of sex and love. Go fucking talk to them then. That would be the darkest hell. And that was exactly what was in store for me. After a couple of days, I decided to drop my history class. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Oh my god, it's so fucking irritating. He doesn't do anything for more than two days. And then is so confused why he can't do anything. Jesus, fuck. I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna fucking lose it. I couldn't stand watching those obnoxious popular boys and all the pretty girls in class. The girls actually liked them. I should be one of them they pay attention to. But they treated me like I was invisible. Because you don't fucking talk to them. I didn't want to torture myself any longer. I felt a sense of guilt as I did it because I made a bid to make, to make the best of my time in Santa Barbara. Once the class was dropped, I felt a sense of relief. I was still enrolled in the geography class and it was only the summer session. I had plenty of time to make up for it. I need to breathe. I sent the rest. I spent the rest of my first month trying as hard as I could. You no, you weren't trying at all uh, to put myself out there in the social environment of Isla Vista. Daniel was twenty-three years old. 
So I asked him to purchase some alcohol for me, a bottle of vodka in particular. In that college town, everyone went out with at least a little alcohol in their system. I wasn't an alcoholic, but drinking alcohol always helped me with being more confident and sociable. On weekend nights, I took a few shots from my vodka bottle and set out on walks around the town, desperately hoping that I would stumble across some opportunity to make friends. I often ended up sitting alone at some cafe, hoping girls would talk to me before I sobered up. No girl ever did. I then walked back to lie in my bed alone. You can't just like walk around a city and be like, I'm trying to make friends. Just walking isn't trying to make friends. That's not an effort. Like, you have to fucking talk to a human. And if you're the one who wants the friendship to start, like, you have to approach them. They can't, you can't just wait for them to approach you. That's not how it works. Like, you're the one that wants the conversation to start, so start it. Okay. On one such night, I got drunk enough to introduce myself to some other students who lived in the same apartment complex. They were sitting in the common area of the apartment, and I went up to their group and sat down with them. They weren't hostile towards me, and I was able to exchange some small talk with them. After a while, I ended up just sitting there awkwardly, and they eventually questioned why I was so quiet. I hated that people did that. Uh, No one ever understands the trouble of someone who suffers from social anxiety. They offered me a few beers, which I gladly accepted. I ended up getting so drunk that I completely blacked out. Oh no, I stumbled back to my apartment and vomited on the floor just like I did on that embarrassing night at Addison Alterdorf's birthday party. The next morning, I didn't even remember that I vomited. Daniel informed me of what happened with an amused grin on his face. I felt so ashamed. Dude, he's trying to bond with you. I felt so ashamed, but at least I did something more social than anything else I've done in the last few years. That was some progress, I suppose. I suppose... That was huge progress. Are you kidding me? Like, if you had just not gotten quite so drunk, probably would have been a a sick night. Like, that sounds like a perfectly fun night, other than the drinking way too much and blacking out. You just need to learn your limits. And then that was a sick night. Like, is he going to text these people? I don't understand. Due to living in an entirely new environment with lots of experiences to come with it, The first month in Santa Barbara went very slowly. I was relieved when July arrived, and I was able to visit home for the weekend. When I arrived back in the Woodland Hills, I felt like I hadn't been there for ages. It was a pleasant feeling as it gave me a subconscious impression that my life was finally moving forward instead of staying stagnant. Yeah, I know that feeling. I get that. When I arrived back at my mother's apartment, she was away at work. And Georgia was at school. I took a moment to relax after going through so much trauma and unrest, catching up on all the Game of Thrones episodes that I missed. Including the season one finale. That's a great episode. That was me, not him. (laughs) It is a good episode. Um, Later that night, I met my mother and father at an upscale restaurant uh, near the Warner Center, and they both seemed very proud of me. I wasn't proud of myself, as I barely met my expectations my first month at Santa Barbara, Dude, you had a night out with new people you don't know. That's huge for a person with social anxiety. Like, that's big. He, I told you, he's, he's never going to be satisfied when he accomplishes something. Okay. I wasn't proud of myself. I barely met my expectations. Um, 
I had an exquisite meal at the restaurant, and while there I saw a pretty girl with her family. I glanced at her, and she glanced at me. I desperately wondered if she thought I was attractive and tried to convince myself that she was attracted with me in an effort to better to feel better about myself. Whether she was attracted to me or not is a question I will never know the answer to. Yeah, that's kind of how it works. Um, there was no school on the following Monday due to the 4th of July holiday. I went with my mother to the annual 4th of July party at the Lemonsons. There I saw James for the first time in a while. It felt good to see him again. He began ignoring me the last couple of months, but the two of us reignited um, our good friendship at the party. Aw, James, he's such a doormat. I told him that I was now going to college in Santa Barbara, and he seemed happy for me. As I ate dinner with Noah and a few of Noah's friends at the table outside, I filmed a funny video that I still have on my phone to this day. Okay. Sounds normal. Um, on the next morning, I made my drive back to Santa Barbara to finish the second half. Sorry. I'm getting ticky. Of my summer session. <laughs> um, sorry if this is... I have Tourette's also. That's what... I keep mentioning my ticks. I just realized maybe there might be some people who don't know that. Anyways, that's what that is. Um, I prayed that I would have a better experience from then on. When I got back to the Capri apartments, it was time for me to transfer to my permanent apartment unit, the apartment unit that was set to stay in for the whole year. I loaded all my belongings into the car and said goodbye to Daniel and Reed. I enjoyed my stay with them. They made for an excellent college housemates. Before I left, Daniel told me that I should come to visit in the future. He should. He absolutely should. Like, he doesn't understand that when Daniel was like, haha, dude, you threw up last night, that it wasn't like, it was him trying to bond with him. Like, he felt ashamed of himself when he said that, but like, he misread that social cue, which is like, normal. Like, people misread social cues. Um, but, like, Daniel was genuinely trying to help him. Okay. Um, uh, the idea of new housemate, sorry, I quite liked that. Oh my God, I lost my place. Okay. The apartment unit was empty. My new housemates wouldn't be moving in until August. So I would have the whole apartment to myself for the month of July. I quite liked that. It would provide me some comfort to settle into the place. I had no idea who my new housemates were going to be. Um, and I was hoping they would be people I could be friends with to help improve my social life. All the rooms were randomly assigned at the Capri apartments, so I had no control over who I would end up with. I could only hope that they would be at least tolerable because they were to be my housemates for the whole year. Um, okay. So he got along with Daniel and Reed, his last housemates. So if he... I said in every episode, he has this victim complex where if he isn't the victim of something, he makes himself the victim of something either through self imploding on purpose or through just convincing himself in his mind he's the victim of something so a normal person would text daniel and read and be like hey man like i have this new apartment all to myself it's bigger than our last one like bring a few friends over let's have a hangout like but he's not gonna do that because then he wouldn't be the victim. Whatever. Okay. My father drove up to Santa Barbara um, to meet me a few days later. The two of us went to have lunch at a restaurant in the Camino Real Marketplace, an area I often frequented. 
we sat down at our table and I saw a young couple sitting a few tables down the row. The sight of them enraged me to no end, especially because, oh God, especially because it was a dark-skinned Mexican guy dating a hot blonde white girl. I regarded it as a great insult to my dignity. How could an inferior Mexican guy be able to date a white blonde girl while I was still suffering as a lonely virgin? Whoa. That makes me like I'm like genuinely nauseous. I don't know how much more of this I can read. I was ashamed to be in such an inferior position in front of my father. What? He's not fucking noticing that. When I saw the two of them kissing, I could barely contain my rage. I stood up in anger. Oh my God. And I was about to walk up to them and pour my glass of soda all over their heads. I probably would have if father wasn't there. I was seething with envious rage and my father was there to watch it all. It was so humiliating. I wasn't the son. I wasn't the son I wanted to present to my father. I should be the one with the hot blonde girl making my father proud. He doesn't care who you fuck. My father had to watch me suffer in a pathetic position. Life is so cruel to me. When I said farewell to father before he drove home, I felt absolutely miserable. I then went back and sulked in my room for hours. All right, that's the end of that paragraph. And as you can tell, don't think I can take any more of this. Um, this was the most racist section to date. Um, he's been racist in past sections with passing comments. But um, this was the most blatantly ra racist thing that he's written. Um, also, as a person who's in an interracial relationship, this is like horrifying for me to read. Um, disgusting. Hate that hated all this this was terrible um the only good time i had was well he was crying because he fucking deserves to cry and i seriously wish he had only killed him instead of i guess we'll we'll discuss it at the end um anyways thanks for <laughs> listening to i don't fucking know what this is anymore um if you guys want me to put a hold on reading the manifesto and do something else um you can go to my website the link is in the description of this podcast um if you want me to do something else and take a break from this manifesto there's a section of my website um where you click podcast and then you can just send me a message um about the podcast so go to the podcast section of my website and let me know if you want to see something different or i guess not see hear something different um, take a break from this because it is aggravating. Um, yeah, you can do that. And I read every single one of them. So anyways, thanks for tuning in to this. Uh, have a great rest of your day. I love you. Bye. But it's hard to give it to someone when I don't love myself. No, I don't love myself.